Welcome to King Solomon and the Stoics. I'm Shmuley Halpern. Thank you for joining. Do you sometimes feel like a leaf being blown about by the wind, or like your life is a spin cycle of a dryer or a washing machine? Why does this happen, and how can we combat it? Let's take a look at the wise words of King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Kohelas, for inspiration. But before we do that, let's try to unpack this problem just a bit more. I think one way we can look at it is that every time that we're motivated to do, we're really experiencing the tension between our inertia, our sense of being at rest, our desire for comfort, and our drive to do. And this creates several problems. First of all, whenever we do, we feel that we're away from our center, which is to be at rest, which is to be under the covers in my bed. And so we are exhausted by work. We're exhausted by whatever it is that we're engaged with. That's problem number one. Problem number two is that there's nothing to pull together the various facets and aspects of our lives. There's nothing to harmonize and unite our work and our family. There's nothing to harmonize and unite our self-care and our care of others. That is problem number two. Problem number three is that when we engage in in whatever endeavor we're engaged with, oftentimes we're not mindful and we're not present. We're only superficially there. We're only superficially engaged. Because really, I want to be under my covers. Really, I want to be asleep. I really want to be at rest. And I'm being yanked and pulled and dragged to engage in whatever it is that I'm engaged with. How present am I going to really be? So we have three problems. One, a lack of balance, a lack of peace, and and exhaustion because we're being pulled away from our center, our core. Two, a lack of harmony in the different aspects of life. And three, a lack of mindfulness, a lack of truly tapping into the deep, deep internal inner meaning of whatever it is that we're engaged with. Let's move to an example from physics to help us understand this phenomena better. Let's contrast the centrifugal force with the centripetal force. When you have an object spinning around in motion, it's spinning in a circle. The centripetal force, which is the true force, pulls the object to the center, to the inner meaning of the circle. The apparent centrifugal force, which is a combination of inertia and the movement, the inertia battling the movement, seems to show you that the object is being pulled also to the outer part of the circle, but that's not true. It's just the combination of inertia. It's not the true force of the movement pushing the object to the outer part of the circle. The true force of the movement actually pushes the object inward. Our lives are much the same. The movement of life is meant to push us inward, not outward. But when our starting point is that I just want to be at peace, I just want to rest, leave me alone, then inevitably our inertia in combination with the movement of life causes us to only experience the superficial aspects of reality, to never be fully mindful and present in our lives. How can we battle this? How can we rise above this? Let's look at Solomon's words. In verse 3 of chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, What value is there to all the toil that man toils beneath the sun? Verse 4, a generation comes and a generation goes, and the earth endures forever. 
Salman lists for us in the next few verses several types of cycles, explaining to us that all of reality is in a cyclical, circular motion. One, the generations. Two, nature, the sun, the flow of the rivers, the orbit of the planets. Three, human endeavor, both in the personal realm as well as in the political realm or humanity as a whole are moving through cycles of doing and accomplishing and moving on to the next activity always in motion and humanity as a whole in politics in war always in motion peace ambition aggression war and the cycle goes on what's the purpose where is all this motion directed towards let's begin with the comments of rashi Rashi, the medieval commentator, explains in verse 4 that when it says the earth endures forever, it refers to the truly humble. And Solomon is contrasting the truly humble person with another person who's wicked and whose ambition causes them to trample on others, to cheat and steal their way to the top. But the truly humble, they endure. They live forever. This is an incredible insight that Rashi is revealing to us. If you want to know the secret to eternity, just look to humility. That is the answer. Humility is a completely different center. It's a completely different core than the person we were describing earlier. The person we were describing earlier, which is ourselves at times, is drawn to comfort seeking, to inertia as their starting point, as their default mode. And whenever they engage, whenever they're pushed and motivated, driven to do, they're moving away from their center. But the truly humble person has a very different, more elevated core. And that is the fact that they're a part of a greater whole, that they serve a greater whole. This allows them to maintain an even temperament instead of the tumultuous fluctuations of the overly ambitious, the overly ambitious who trample on others. This person's core, the humble person's core, is bigger than self. They exist to serve a greater purpose than their own comfort and their own pleasure. They're just like the earth, which is always receiving from above rain and sun. They too, they take in, they receive everything that life brings their way, everything that God sends their way. They receive it, they reflect it outward to do good unto others, to be a shining light in this world of ours. Every revolution, every spin around the cycle of life moves them closer, not further, but closer to the center of meaning. They truly have a centripetal force moving them to the inner part of the circle, but not pushed outward to the outer part of the circle because in their world, inertia, laziness, comfort-seeking is not part of the equation. There's a fascinating idea by Al-Sheikh who comments on verse 4 which describes the generations coming and the generations going. Al-Sheikh, the great Kabbalist of the city of Tzfat in the 16th century, explains that this refers to reincarnation. A person's soul undergoes not one revolution through life, but several. And each time, each lifetime, each day, each year, brings them closer and closer to their center, to their inner essence, to the core. That is the purpose of the revolving nature, the cyclical nature of life. When a person is able to be humble and to let go, what they reveal 
is their inner essence. And this is an incredible thing. We would think that the more ambitious you are, the more you push yourself to the center and front, the more you're expressing self. The truth is not that way. The truth is that the person who sees himself as part of a greater whole is able to bring out their own inherent greatness in an incredible way. We come to see a different person. We come to see a great person. Incomparable at in any sort of way to the person, the egocentric person who's seeking the spotlight, who's looking to shine their own personality. But the one who lets go and expresses something bigger than self, they reveal their true self. Maral and Vilna Goen, the great 16th and 17th century scholars of Prague and Vilna, explained in verse 3 that there's no value to the toil that man toils under the sun. The sun relating to the higher elements of soul, the deeper nature of the human personality. When our work expresses and brings forth our inner essence, that is incredible. There is eternal value to that work. However, if our work is beneath the sun, there is no value. It's meaningless. That is the meaning of Solomon's words in verse 3. So we can put together Solomon's statement of a lack of value to man's toil beneath the sun, to man's toil in the lower elements of soul. We can put that together with his continuation of the cyclical nature of reality. The cyclical nature of reality can either drive a person closer to their center or further away from their center. It all depends on what their operating center is, meaning every single person at their true core and true center is incredible greatness. But when we are not humble, we can't truly access that greatness, and our core seems to be comfort-seeking. Then the revolution of life pushes us to superficiality. It pushes us away from mindfulness. It pushes us away from understanding the inner essence of things. But when we are humble, our inner core is there to serve others. That brings out, that expresses the innermost workings of our soul. That brings out tremendous, tremendous human greatness. The soul shines. The soul illuminates for the world around us. The soul illuminates the people around the humble, and the entire world can benefit. The book of Koheles is comprised, it's built, it's written to make us think. And Ramosha David Vali, the great Kabbalist of the 18th century, says a powerful, powerful idea. He explains that when Solomon asks what value is there to the toil that man toils under the sun, Solomon is asking, granted, the truly humble, the people of spirit, can access the deeper meaning of life. But why the struggle? Why do we need the superficiality? Why the apparent darkness? Why not just create a spiritual universe? Why not create a spiritual world? Why all the toil? And to address this problem, Rabbi Vali explains, Solomon introduces the concept of the cyclical nature of reality, the idea of cycles. A generation comes, a generation goes. Rabbi Vali explains, this refers not only to physical generations from parent to child to grandchild and so on, but it also refers to the, to the evolution of reality from a deep spiritual place to this physical realm. And the purpose of that evolution is the land that endures forever. Again, verse 4 reads, A generation comes, a generation goes. 
Rabbi Vali understands this to be referring to the evolution of reality from spirit to material. And all of that is for the purpose of the land that endures. This physical world, this physical world with its dark, with, at, some, at times is dark, with its trials, with its tribulations, with its confusion, with its spin cycle. This physical world is where the light can truly shine. Because it's from within the backdrop of darkness that the brilliance of light can truly, truly be appreciated. It's only here in this world with its struggles that man with his free will can choose to see the light hiding in the shadows. He can choose to develop a character in such a way that he can bring out the deeper parts of his personality, the deeper elements of his soul. With his work, he can become a person who's anchored somewhere above the spin cycle. He's not sucked into the confusion, the turmoil of life. To the contrary, he owns it. He understands that it is leading him to a deeper expression of self. It's leading him to the inner meaning of reality. Let us stop and think and let go and with humility tap into our deeper inner essence, allowing us to be mindful, allowing us to experience the true meaning of life as we go through it. That will allow us to harmonize, to unify all the different aspects of life, that there shouldn't be in contradiction. They're all opportunities to contribute. They're all opportunities to serve. That will allow us to shine in all of our endeavors. Thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you back again shortly.